Hi, and welcome to this episode of Life Change Secrets. This is a particularly interesting episode for me because um, someone actually asked me to do this episode. And it all has to do with how to convince someone of something. Because this particular person would like to make a change in their life. They would like to explore the possibility of leaving their job and you know creating their own career. But their spouse is not in agreement with that. And every time he brings up the subject, there's a big argument. And so he was asking me, he said, how can I convince her that this is something that I really want to do and to support me in this? And so that's what we're going to talk about in this episode of Life Change Secrets. Are you ready for a change and to finally do something about that feeling inside of you that says you have a different calling in life? To finally go after that dream or dust off that project you've been thinking of creating but still haven't done anything about yet? Do you need some support, direction, or motivational words from someone who has been there and who understands you? Well, if so, you've come to the right place. This podcast is a place to find inspiration for those who want to take control and change their lives for the better. Welcome to Life Change Secrets. Here's your host, Tony. So like I was saying, this particular gentleman would like to have the support of his wife in this endeavor of simply exploring the possibility to leave his career, and to start his own business. And every time he brings up the subject, there's this big argument. And so he was asking me, he said, well, how can I convince her to to at least support me? And, you know, I just want to stop for a moment and say that, you know, this isn't a thing where it's just men have to convince their wives. You know, it happens the other way around, too. So... I just wanted to make that clear. This is not about, you know, women who always don't understand. It's There's men who don't understand. Everybody, somebody is maybe not supporting the other spouse the way they would like to be supported. Anyway, so the advice that I would like to give this person is this. First of all, if you think about a lawyer in a courtroom. Now, many of us have never been in a courtroom at least uh, in a trial where we're actually participants and hopefully that will never happen to you. But, you know, if you think about even if you just watch TV or a movie and you see a lawyer who has to defend his client and to convince the jury that his client is innocent, what do they do? First of all, if you go into any, if you look at any lawyer's office that they depict on a movie or in a film, what do you see? You see books. Why do you see so many books? Because they study a lot, because they do a lot of research about cases that are similar and about things that that happen in those cases that might be of some influence to the case that they're working on. What else do they do? They ask a lot of questions. They're kind of like detectives. They're always out trying to find out new information, trying to find out the most information that they can. So that's the first tip that I would give to anyone who wants to convince anyone of anything. In this particular case, it has to do with you know wanting to start his own job or start his own career, but that is, you got to do your research. You have to know more about this, what you're trying to convince that person about, than they do. If you know just as much or just as little as they do, how are you going to think you're going to convince them that they should do what you want? 
you have to know leaps and bounds a lot more than they do about this subject. Because only that way are you going to have a chance to be able to convince them and to fight up against any argument, any objection that they might come up with, right? Because it would be kind of ridiculous if you saw a lawyer who didn't do any research at all, he just walked into the courtroom and he just walked up to the jury at the end of the trial and says, my client is innocent and you should believe me. You know what I mean? It just doesn't make sense. So that's the first thing. You got to do your research first. And also what you need to know is what is it going to take for you to get from where you are now to where you want to be? And also for that, you have to do research. And that means you might have to talk to some other people who have already done what you're trying to do. You have to get them to tell you about the obstacles that they ran into and how they overcame those obstacles. You know, See, that's one of the reasons why I created this podcast. That's why I have my coaching program, because I know that there's a lot of people out there that would like to make some sort of change, but they don't know how to do it. And so here I am talking to you about one of the obstacles that a lot of people run into and who are never able to overcome, which is about how to convince their spouse to get them on their side so that they can actually at least explore this possibility, you see? So you need to know what it's going to take for you to get there. Now, who can you go to to find out information out? Somebody who's already done it. Somebody who's already done it. Now, somebody who's already done what you're trying to do or what you would like to do, not necessarily will know what it's going to take for you to get there. Okay, so you have to do your research very carefully. And just like, you know, you do when you go to the doctor, if there's something that's, you know, really important that you want to know more about and have a really good diagnosis, what do you do? You go get a second or a third opinion. And so you're going to want to do the same thing. This is a big move you're talking about. You know, you're talking about giving up some job security. You're talking about you want to convince someone else who's in this life and, you know, adventure with you together that that's a good idea. You better know your stuff and you better know it well. So you're going to want to go to somebody who's already done it and who can give you the information and can tell you exactly what you need to do or at least give you some ideas about what you're going to need to do to get to where you want to get to. Okay. The other thing that you're going to do, this is the third thing, I strongly recommend, I strongly recommend that you be 150% convinced about what it is you say you want to do. And the only way that you're going to be able to do that is by going through steps one and two first. Do your research to know more than that other person that you're trying to convince knows, and also know what it's going to take for you to get there. All right? And then and know what the sacrifices that you're going to have to make and how much money you're going to need and the time that it's going to take realistically and all the resources that you're going to need and every, anything else that you need to know. And then once you have compiled all that information, then you need to look yourself in the mirror and ask yourself this question. Am I willing to do that? And you better be convinced when you give yourself the answer. Because if you're not, and you want to go and try to convince somebody else, how are you going to do that if you're not even convinced yourself? You see what I'm saying? You need to be 150% convinced. The fourth thing that you need, if you really want to have a good chance of convincing someone of something, and that is you need to have a method. Because you can just attempt it. You see, communication and persuasive communication is an art. 
And if you know, if you have a method, just like in, in anything, if you have a method, it's easier. And once you can internalize that method and it becomes part of your DNA and you just know how to do it, it, it becomes a lot easier. So if you have a method, that's great. So one method that I'll just mention to you now is something that it's very basic, but it's something that we learn or we can learn from the best salespeople in the world. Because the best salespeople all have something in common. And one of the things that they have in in common is their approach that helps them to sell. There are people who sell products that aren't very good at all and services that aren't very good. There are people who sell things like coaching and and intangible services and they can make a good sale. But even though their product isn't very good because they have a method, because there's something about their approach that convinces people. So, you know, knowing all the stuff that I was telling you about before, that's a good thing. But if you have a method, and so this method that I'm going to tell you about consists of seven steps. The first one is, now this is related to what salespeople do, but as I talk to you about each one of these steps, start to think about how you could apply that as well to the situation that you're telling me about and the thing that you say you want to convince someone about, okay? So the first step, the first thing that good salespeople do is that they prepare, So they go through the steps that I was talking about before, one, two, and three. They they gather information, they know what it's going to take, and they're convinced in their product and the service that they're selling. Because being convinced will help you to communicate that. Because if you're not convinced, you're going to communicate that too in your nonverbal communication. All right? The second step is before you start selling, see, the average non-experienced salesperson will automatically start selling first. They'll, they'll put themselves in front of their prospect and start to sell immediately. That's wrong. You don't do that first. You have to first build rapport with that person. Build a relationship with that person. Now, what some of you might be saying or thinking is that, yeah, but I'm talking about my spouse. I know this person very, very well. Great. That's I have no doubt about that. But I challenge you to know that person from a different perspective because you're not talking about, you know, going on vacation or going to pick up the kids or going to get groceries or doing chores around the house or yard work and all that stuff. You're talking about something else. And so you need to know that person from that perspective. And to do that, you need to know, which is something else that's really important, you need to know that person inside out, upside down, backwards and forwards, if possible. And that means before you start trying to even think about convincing them of anything, you need to know what it is they want and why that is so important to them. And if you tell me that you already know the answer to that question, my job as a coach and my experience tells me that I'm probably right, I will challenge you that you probably don't know as much about those the answers to those questions as you think you do. So you need to find out in any kind of uh, situation where you want to convince somebody or the, any kind of situation where you need to negotiate, you better know what the other side wants and why that's so important to them and what they're willing to give up or sacrifice You better know the answers to those questions if you want to have a really good chance of convincing them because that's the basis, okay? And then you want to build a relationship with them that's going to ease the situation. That's going to, you know, so if you bring this up, this subject up, and you, it's always the, the fuse, the short fuse for an argument, 
you know, start thinking about and being more conscious and aware of the timing that you go and approach that person. You know, if you know this person really well, you know there are certain moments that you need to avoid. You can't go up and talk to them about something that's really important in a certain moment. You just, it's not going to work. The other thing that you need to know about communication is if you really want to convince someone of something, you can, you can do this one or two of two different ways. You can go in in attack mode and say, I'm right and you need to start listening to me and you can go in and be forceful. You can do that too. But what you're probably going to do is you're going to get a forceful response, which isn't, and it's just going to escalate and you're not going to get what you want. So the first thing that you need to do is if you bring up this subject often and it's the source of an argument and the first thing that you're going to want to do is you're going to want to lower the emotions. And I'll give you a practical example of this. Let's say you're out, you know, driving one morning, you're going to work, you're you're going to be late because you know your your minutes are counted and somebody cuts in front of you and you know it's a bad day, you know, you're not having a good day and this person cuts in front of you and he start and you start yelling at him and then he starts yelling back at you and then you know you just get really upset and you know you're calling him names and cursing and making gestures and all this stuff and they turn back and he's doing the same thing to you and it's just like you know and you get really upset and you're trying to cut him off again and you know it's just a mess okay so now let's think about this back up again and do the same situation this time, the person cuts in front of you. You're having a bad day, so you're, in a, you're kind of irritable. He cuts in front of you, and you start yelling at him and getting upset and cursing and making gestures, and they turn around and they make a gesture that tells you that they're apologizing, that they didn't really mean to do that. So what are you going to do? Are you going to keep yelling and getting upset? Probably not, because that person helped to lower the emotion. And that's why you're not getting upset anymore. You might still be upset. You might still mumble. But if he would get upset too and try to act like he's right, that just infuriates you, right? So when you go into a, a situation, especially that's really delicate, and you want to convince someone of something, you want to make sure that the emotions are where they need to be, Right? And you need to make sure that you pick the right time to ask that person what it is you're going to ask them. When you know they're going to have time to concentrate, when you know they're relaxed, you know, the kids are in bed, they're not watching their favorite, they're not, she's not watching Grey's Anatomy or whatever, you know what I mean? Uh, you want to make sure that it's the right time and that the emotions are where they need to be. And also, even if she or he says something during the, especially in the early part of the, of the conversation that upsets you, realize this, you have a choice about how you react to that. Because sometimes people say, well, you know, they said this and that just really upset me and I just went off. Well, you went off, it's not automatic. It's automatic because you didn't think about it. But the, the fact of the matter is, whenever you receive a stimulus, and you have a response to that stimulus that you get, there's a space in, in between there of time that you can use however you want to. It's not automatic. It's automatic because you're not aware. Now that you're aware of that, you can choose how you want to respond to that. And so if you really, really want to convince them, you might think twice about counting to 10 first before you respond because it might just 
mine your efforts to get what you want, all right? And so anyway, so the first thing is you want to prepare. The second thing is you want to make sure that you build a rapport with this person and make sure that you create the atmosphere so that you can get to the next step. And the next step is that you want to ask questions. That's what very good salespeople do before you start selling anything. In this particular case, you're trying to sell your idea. And so if you want to sell your idea, you need to know about what that person wants. And to do that, you need to ask questions. So here's something else I'm going to tell you. This is a process that consists in these seven steps. It doesn't necessarily mean that these seven steps all have to be done in the same sitting or in the same moment or on the same day. This could take days or weeks, you know, could, it just depends. Especially if you need to have more time to gather information from that person that you're trying to convince. And so ask questions. Try to find out really with the genuine desire to understand. You know, I, I don't know if you've read this book or not. I'm gonna in a lot of my podcast episodes and my videos, I will talk from time to time about books that I've read. I read a lot of books. I love reading. Uh, because I love learning. And one book that I read years ago that was on the New York Times bestseller list for many, many years, and it was called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. The author's name was Stephen Covey. And one of the things that he said was, when you listen, try and really listen with the intent to understand and not with the intent to respond. And uh, if you've ever been in conversations where, you know, heated discussions with people, you might be explaining something and, and the person is, is can't wait for you to finish what you're saying. And they're like, yeah, mm, yeah, mm, mm, yeah, but mm, yeah, uh, uh, because they're just waiting to get a word in edgewise. You know, they're just waiting for you to finish. So if you really want to listen, though, you don't do that. You sit back and you're be, you be quiet and you listen and really try to understand why they're feeling the way they feel. Why do they feel like that about what it is you're, you are proposing or what you've proposed in the past, right? And then once you have enough information and you've done your research, you know what it's going to take for you to get to where, from where you are to where you want to be. You understand thoroughly what the other party wants. Now it's time for you to make your proposal. And that's where all this research that you've done prior to this comes in because now when you make your proposal, you know what it's going to take for you to get there. You have a really good idea what that means. You have a really good idea what you and maybe your family is going to have to make for sacrifices. You know how much time it's going to take. You know how your spouse is going to be involved in this process, how they can support you. Uh, You know what to tell them about what not to be afraid of. Um, about you know how they should just stay calm and cool and collective because everything is going to be okay. You know the answers to all those questions, you see, because you did your preparation. And then the next step in the process could be some objections. And your spouse might have some objections for you. But again, if the better prepared you are, probably the less objections you're going to have. And if you do get some objections, you're probably going to be better prepared to answer them in a way that's going to make them feel better, right? So this is not something that you just do fly-by-night thing, you know? If it's really important to you, you're going to take the time to do this research and do it well and be ready for that conversation, okay? And then the next thing that salespeople do is, is point number six, they close the deal. And so ask for the sale. So once you know that you have their support and they've declared that, then now it's time to close the deal. 
And now you need to be prepared to say what you want to happen next. All right? And again, that's going to come into your research. You're going to plan out this whole encounter. Now, does this work every time, all the time, and in every situation? No, of course not. But the thing is, if you have a method and if you do the things that I listed, there's a better chance that you're going to have your probabilities go up, that you're going to be able to convince that other person and get what you want, right? And then the last thing that good salespeople do is they follow up. So don't go through all this process and then start working on this and then don't give them any feedback. You know, keep them in the loop. Tell them how things are going. You know, take them along for the ride with you. Take them on the journey with you. Fill them in. Let them know, you know, you know what your trials and tribulations are. See how they might be able to help you. See if you can involve them in the process. Because I tell you this too. Another saying that, that I found in that very same book that I just mentioned before, involvement breeds commitment. If you involve people in the process, and I tell my, my corporate clients this as well, my managers and leaders, if you involve the people that you manage in the process of that new procedure, or that new strategy, there's a greater probability that they're going to follow through on it. And so you do the same thing. Try to involve your spouse or whoever that person is that you're trying to convince. Involve them in this whole endeavor and take them along with you. All right? So that ends part one of this episode about how to convince or rather how to get buy-in for your project. It's not just about trying to convince somebody so you can get what you want. It's about getting buy-in so that you can do this together because that's really what this is all about. So just to kind of recap, you know, remember the lawyer metaphor. You know, the lawyer is always prepared, does a lot of research. Number one, you want to do research about what it is you're trying to do. Number two, you want to understand then thoroughly what it's going to take for you to get there. Number three, you want to make sure that you, before anyone else, are convinced about what, it, what you want to do. Number four, have a method. I gave you one method. It's not the only method, but at least if you have something that you know is a proven method and that works, you'll feel a lot more confident when you go into the conversation. And you'll be more convincing because you yourself will be more convinced not only about what you're saying, but actually how you're presenting it. The more you can communicate certainty in your nonverbal communication, the more it will help you to be able to get buy-in for what it is you want. In closing, I'd like to just mention something that I touched on just a few minutes ago, and that is don't expect, especially if you're talking about something that's really important to the family, don't expect to go through this process and have one meeting or one conversation and then it's done. This might take days weeks, months, it depends. It depends on the, on the people involved. It depends on the nature of what it is you want to do. It depends on a lot of different things. But so, you know, just be ready for that. And that in itself, you're wanting or not wanting or being willing to or not willing to do this work is a telltale sign about whether or not maybe it's really the right thing for you or not. You see what I'm saying? Because anything worth having is worth fighting for and is worth working for.
Okay, so I hope that was helpful. Um, if you liked what you heard, you know, stay tuned for the next episode because in the next episode we're going to talk about communication, and we're going to talk about the ABCs of communication. We're going to talk about different communication styles. We're going to talk about different um, levers that you can touch on to help to motivate people, and uh, we're going to talk about human needs. And it's good to be aware of those as well. Now, I also want to say something here just to kind of close this out. You know, some people might be thinking as I'm talking about all this stuff, they might think that I'm talking about trying to manipulate somebody. And I'm not talking about that. It's just like, you know, communication and knowing how to communicate and knowing how to negotiate is is an art. And it's just like martial arts. You can use martial arts to beat people up and to, to you know, kick people's butts and all that stuff who really don't deserve it. Or you can use it to stay in shape. You can use it to help other people to defend themselves. You can help, you can use them for positive reasons, right? And so my intent is for you to use this, not for you to walk in tomorrow into your office and say, I'm quitting without having a plan. I would never suggest that you do that. That would be foolish. It would be stupid for me. And are you responsible for me to tell you that? And I'm not trying to ruin your family or anything like this. I'm trying to help you to get buy-in for what it is that's so important to you. So I hope you understand that. And I hope that's clear. All right. So I hope this was helpful. Like I always say, stay in touch with me. Um, you can also keep in touch with me by going to my Facebook page, The Life You Were Born to Live, or to see other ways that you can keep in touch with me and, and keep in contact with me. You can look at the links in the description of this podcast and you will find those as well. Okay, so I will see you next time. Stay in touch with me now. Stay with me now because I got a lot more things to say.